0: Oftentimes people think because someone works at a digital company, they're automatically smart and that they automatically understand all the key components and they may, right? But I would just say, make sure that for the incoming company, you get more than just one perspective about what's realistic and what your site's really going to do as part of the transition.
1: This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast.
0: Hello everyone, welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take it to the front lines of those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest and Triangle Lawn. And with me is a glowing Dan Gordon, who just got back from a workout. If you're joining joining us on YouTube, which I would highly recommend that you do. We enjoy uh, making facial expressions and maybe some obscene hand gestures. No, we don't. But Dan, would you like to say good morning? We are recording this in the morning. We have a great guest on today. At least that's what I'm going to say right now. We'll wait and see how I feel at the end of the episode. But introduce our guest and our sponsor and our yes. topic. There's your checklist. Yes. Dad. We
1: have an outstanding guest. And uh, well, let me introduce our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Coalmarch by WorkWave. To learn more about their digital marketing programs or any of their programs, visit them at Coalmarch.com. And with that, we will talk about our topic, which is how to know when it's time to fire your marketing firm. Uh, And our guest is Frank Andalina, who runs Coalmarch, uh, the digital marketing agency that. Uh, by the way, this this episode is not about Cold March, but uh, you know we thought this would be a nice spin. Uh, so, Donnie, why don't you start in with? Oh well, welcome, Frank.
0: Okay. Yes, yeah. welcome, thank you, Dan. Frank. Yes, oh, thank you, Frank. Donnie. Welcome so back. Mean- before before we get started, I just have to make one point. I'm a little nervous about this podcast.
1: Ah. <laughs> and the reason
0: I'm a little nervous is because this is the first public form that frank and i are have been a part of where i am not actually his boss anymore
1: after the divorce. so this is going to be a little <laughs> so different are, yeah, yeah. yeah and after you know the, divorce, the other part
0: yeah. of this is that you know he's the bigger and better donnie now like he runs he runs the show now so so this should be pretty interesting um okay. and it'll be interesting to see how things so tr- the the I was wondering, is that Donnie is a client, right? Any, I am a client, <laughs> and I will say that I'm a happy client. You know, um, for now, you know that's it's yeah. like most things; it's always you
2: know. this is pretty full circle, Donnie, because when I met you, yeah, you were my client.
0: Yes, so this here is we true. are again.
2: You are. Here we are again. Here we are again. I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. That this is our first uh, public forum as uh, a divorce divorce couple. <laughs> Because I gotta tell you, the last two and a half months have been, I mean, fantastic. This has been, I, I forgot what it was ah. like to live live my life this way.
0: Wow. Oh, I, love I, love so I love it. I love it.
2: A rebirth, we'll call it. Rebirth,
0: rebirth. Well, for all of our listeners out there, we actually we were talking about this episode and we're super excited to do it. And 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 with all the band I really am glad to have Frank on board. Frank has worked with me for many, many years. We've seen a lot of things together. Um And you know, this is one of those topics where I see a lot of people make mistakes. And and typically the way it works is, and I'm just going to walk through what I see and then and then we're going to dive into these questions and points. But, you know, there really is a point where you've reached a, a point in your relationship with your marketing firm, software, it doesn't matter, some vendor that you have, and then eventually you decide, well, this is not working anymore, and you move on. One of the things that I see a lot especially when it comes to marketing, because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of sexiness that comes with marketing. It's, you know, it's, it's gonna be ways to improve in your revenue stream is that I'll see someone who doesn't have a lot of data. They don't really know their numbers extremely well. Then what'll happen is, is that something will change. You know, they, they, they will have something that happens inside their office or something will change with marketing. And then all of a sudden the relationship sours and then they fire their marketing company. And by the way, this episode is not playing defense for marketing, nor is it playing offense. It's just just things that I see. And so then they'll do a new website. They'll have all of this emotion and and great. And, And then what happens is, is that eventually it'll happen again. And so ultimately what they end up doing is hopping company, hopping, 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 And they never get a real good strategy. They never get in a place where what they're doing has time to work because they don't really know their numbers. And so, so we thought it would be good to talk about, number one, there are definitely times when it's like, <clears throat> these folks aren't taking care of us and we got to move on. There's no doubt about that. But the other part I would say is that there's also times that you probably need to make sure that you fully understand the problem because sometimes it's not your vendor. And I mean, this is not a cool March thing. This is, could be any, you, know, you could apply this to anything, which, by the way, I'm super guilty of this. We just we've talked about this in several episodes past where I went on the, the CRM tour, of which I'm still just having fun with, which is almost done. But anyway, so with that, Frank, let's get started. Um, where do you want to start? When, when, should, when should someone fire you, Frank? Maybe that's where we start.
2: Well, I have uh, little to no experience, and so I, I hear, I hear from other agencies. What, okay. what the, you know, and I hear from our, our brand new happy clients who have yes. just uh, been wronged by their their previous agency. So this is all based off of, of that feedback. Hey. Um, but you know, I, I think I think one thing, and you you sort of hit on this, Donnie, is um. You know, why aren't you happy? Is it is it the marketing? Is the marketing actually the problem or is it coming from another part of your business that's really driving results the wrong way? So the first thing you need to do when deciding who am I going to fire is where's the problem. Mm -hmm. And if you can, and if you can narrow it down to well, I think the marketing is actually the problem. Then it's, is it an internal problem? Am I not closing leads? You know, like basically rule out all the things that could be, what you're ultimately responsible for within your own business. And if you rule all that out, then you start looking at your agency. Obviously I'm not saying this needs to be a drawn out process, but you really wanna rule things out that are fully within your control first. And if you've ruled all that out, then it's this. So some of the some of the biggest things that, that I have seen throughout my career um, and what I've heard is is your agency is not being proactive. You know, that's, that's a, const, a pretty consistent complaint that I've heard from, a, you know, other, other clients that uh, don't work with Coalmarch, but I'm doing all the strategy. They're not bringing anything to me. Um, you know, I feel like I'm kind of running the show here. But, and what you really want is, is, a, is a company who is, you know, staying on, on top of everything and, and being proactive and making sure that they're bringing the ideas to you. So if they're not bringing the ideas to you, that's a pretty big red flag. They're so
0: just in reactive mode. I, that's exactly what you just took the words right out of my mouth. Is that a lot of times what that shows is that you're just reacting to like, how do I keep this person happy versus what do I do to make this person su- successful? And I would 100% echo the, you know, make sure that your office is straight. Oftentimes, if your marketing is working and you don't have stats, and let's just say you're not tracking what's happening in the office, like what's happening with conversion, you're not listening to calls, you know, sometimes you could change five different companies and you're not going to you're not going to fix the problem because the problem is, is what's happening with, um, you know, what's happening on the phone, what's happening in a text, what's happening on an email. And, you know, it, it has nothing to do with the amount of marketing. You know, one other thing, and I think we're going to talk about this a bit later, but I'll just bring it up now because I think it's a good point. The other one that I see. so So number one, so problem number one is, hey, you don't know what's going on in the office you don't necessarily have a marketing problem. You may have a conversion problem. You may have something that's going on inside internally. That's just not working. The second thing that I've seen a lot is when marketing costs in general, like the platform is going up and then, you know, your marketing company gets blamed for that. Um, That's a big one. <laughs> and it's one that I saw a lot um back when I was driving, you know, it's, You know, at the end of the day, your marketing company should be viewed as a company that knows what's going on and comes up with, you know, comes up with ideas, helps you develop a strategy. They don't necessarily change the platform, right? I mean, that's out of their control. And, and you know, that would be on any media form, right? It's like going to an agent and saying, well, I really don't like the pricing from this TV station or that radio station. Well, they don't set those rates, right? You can negotiate a little bit, but, you know, obviously with Google, we negotiate all the time, which means we don't. Um, but the fact is, is that, you know, if the platform becomes more and more expensive, that's not a function, of what the agency's doing, unless of course they're bidding the wrong terms. Like if you see things that are completely irrelevant or things are not converting, that, that does have an effect on pricing. But vast majority, like I will tell you on the digital side, there have been dramatic increases. Oh yeah. In it's
2: no different than interest rates going up. Yes. Your interest rates go up, you know, who do you blame? Well, I,
1: I think one of the things that, that that I hear all the time and, you know, from, you know, on our accounting side, uh, it's, Hey, you know, what have you done for me this month? What's the new strategy What's it, it, But there's no new strategy every month. There are, you know, uh, innovations and things that you can take advantage, but they look to you for, you know, the, the you know, the, the Holy grail and it, it's just yeah. not there. Um, so.
2: And I will tell you from, you know, my career being mainly on the agency side, you know, when, when you've worked with a company, a client for, for so many years, and you've already made the big impact. You know, you've already gotten all of that low-hanging fruit and you've, and you've moved the needle significantly. Then it's just a lot of 1% changes. And you know, this is me speaking from the agency side. What, you know, what else is there? Like, how can you really impress your clients to make them happy and, and generate these big sweeping like solid results when you've already done the cleanup and there's no you know, big new thing? And they're being promised the big new thing by the other, you know, the other sales
1: teams and yeah. the
2: other agencies. So yeah. that's yeah. just something to be on the lookout for. Is you know what's being told to you, um, you know, when you're being sold.
0: So so let's bring it back here. So when when you're the one that has all the ideas and no one's bringing ideas to you, that's a pretty clear red flag that yeah. that you got you got a rep or a company that is in reactive mode. What else? Like if I'm sitting back and I'm, you know, obviously I'm paying more for sales. I'm not getting as many leads as I need. I'm not able to execute on the strategy that I want. What other things should I be looking for or things that should be like, hmm, this may be time for me to really start shopping here?
2: Yeah. I think, excuse me, being clear on your goals. So, number one, knowing what your goals are, what are your marketing goals?
1: Have you been so define? You- so define that. How? So Fine so. Enough. My marketing goals are: I want to grow to ten percent or fifteen percent this year. That's probably not. You know that that's probably too general. How how would you define? You know, give me. Yeah. A goal.
2: So it's so it's starting there. What's my growth goal? What's my profit goal? And then, in order to achieve my growth goal. How many leads do I need to generate? Or how many sales do I need to generate? How many of those sales, how many of those leads need to come from, from digital? You've got, you've got your lead goal and then you can create your your cost per lead and cost per sale goal off of that. And I know, I know you've covered that in, so, in the show um, in the past, but you need to set that first. And if uh, your agency should really be driving that conversation. And if they're not, you need to bring it up. And then you need to be very clear on what that is. And then there needs to be a plan put in place, basically a business plan, marketing plan, in order to achieve those goals. If none of that is happening and you're just winging it and your agency is just winging it, no one knows what's going on.
0: You know, one point I want to make here, because I think this is really important. And I, I, you know, and I'm going to try to explain this in a way that makes sense, but I view vendors like I do my team members, because truly they are part of my team. Meaning that if you treat a team member really poorly, you give them poor direction, you give them poor um, reporting accountabilities, like you set them up so that everything's ambiguous and gray and you don't really put a ton of time into them. What's going to happen over time to that team member? You know what I mean? Like they're going to, they're going to try to do things that they think you want they're going to, you know, the results aren't going to be very, very clear. And then who are you are going to end up blaming? You know what I mean? Them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yourself. When no. when, in, when, in reality, what's the real problem there? The real problem is leadership. And I, you know, I, I'm going to give these guys props because, um, because I can, whatever it's our podcast, we we'll do whatever we want. I really like the guys from Fox. If you meet Bryant and you meet Mike and watch how they lead their team, They are able to bring out the best in people. And that's just really good leadership. And so I kind of view that in the same of, you know, when you're managing and talking to your vendors, a lot of times, if you're going to folks, you're not giving them clear direction, you're not giving them a clear plan, like this is what I'm looking for. And you're not really investing in the relationship. You don't show up to calls. You don't really check in. Like what you're doing as an owner and as a leader is you're setting it up to fail, You know what I mean? I mean, you absolutely are. And by the way, I'm not sitting here, you know, we're not going to get on some soapbox and I'm pointing it at all of our listeners and saying, well, if you got a bad vendor, it's all your fault. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is, is that you always start with like, am I super clear? And am I treating these people like a real team member? And are they responding or not? That's where we start, because the fact of the matter is, if you take poor leadership to another team member, I mean, we've all talked and Dan I'm going to say this right now, and I guarantee you're going to remember or think and know who I'm talking about. We're in a couple of peer groups, and there's one particular peer member who turns over his staff every stinking year. Yeah. He's smiling. So, well, what's like the seekers, seekers, problem there? You, know, you, 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 you just get the can't find good people, man. That's the problem. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you, it's like sneakers, you know. They wear out, and you got to change them every yeah, year yeah. You just exactly months. right.
0: It's it's just bad people. That's the problem. There. No, I so so point I'm making is is that, and I didn't mean to jump ahead here, on you Frank, but I mean it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. I think it's a key point to be made is that you know, going back to making sure your office is straight, you know, making sure you have clear goals, making sure you understand the the, the another important ingredient ingredient in that is really making sure that you treat your vendors as you would one of your team members and that you give them all the tools that you possibly can to succeed. So I will, I will, but well, I, 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 I'll, I'll just the, the one thing that I would tell you is
1: in your communications with your vendors, and I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes your vendors, sometimes you're not getting what you expect out of your vendors and you really don't want to confront them and beat them up. So you start to lose interest and that's why you don't show up for the meetings and that's why you don't communicate. And then one day the whole thing just blows up and you say, you know, that's it. So, yep.
2: and that's what you described Dan. that's one of those red flags that on the agency side, we look out for whatever our clients who were, who have been engaged are no longer engaged. That's not usually a good sign. Right. It's not that they trust you and everything's going great. It's like, I'm moving on. I don't have time for these people. I gotta go. I've heard that. Actually, I've heard that story not from a cold March client. Yeah. I do not. Yeah.
0: By the way, I know our listeners didn't sign up for this, but we're also doing marriage counseling as we speak right now too, just in case. That's a bonus, by the way. We're not going to charge for it today, but just <laughs> when the communication breaks down, you yep. know you got to problem. That's yep. a big problem. I'm not, that, <laughs>
1: and, that, that's a conversation between the two of you. I'll, uh, <laughs> that's,
0: but, uh, that's right. Dan doesn't have that problem at all. Not,
1: Just talk I, to Carol. Everything's hockey dory around me. <laughs> <That's
2: So. right. laughs> Donnie, one thing to go back to, though, and you mentioned this, and it's one of the first things I remember hearing from you about building a culture within a company is clarity. And if you, as the client, are not clear on your expectations with your marketing team, then like you got to start there. That's right, and that's and that goes back to goal setting, and you know, and of course, if your expectations are out of whack with what you what you signed up for, you know, that goes back to the sales process, but we don't need to go there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and oftentimes that's just it's really communication, right? I mean, because at the end of the day, if you're like, "Hey, I want to grow hundred percent, and my budget is fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars." that's an easy conversation to have up front. Hey, well, this is unrealistic. And here's why, you know, versus later on, it's like, well, you know, if I put $10,000 into this, how come I don't have, you know, 800 leads. Right. right. So, um, all right. So let's keep going. What else, Frank, what else when it's time to fire your marketing company?
2: Oh, when it's time to fire your marketing company. Um, I think another, uh, This one's tough because if you feel at some point, maybe at some point they understood your business and maybe they don't anymore. Maybe it's from a a change in strategy on their end. Maybe it's from a shift in account management. You know, my other person understood me and understood what's going on. They don't get it anymore. They don't understand my strategy or they don't understand my industry. They don't understand my business. Chances are there's a, pretty big handoff problem there between, because you know anyone who's worked with an agency before knows that you're gonna have a change in account management. It's just, that's just how the business operates. There's people who obviously leave their jobs. There's people who are promoted. You're not going to have the same rep from day one if you're a longstanding customer at an agency. Um, but if at some Wait, point-
1: do, do me a favor, Frank, just repeat that because we have the same issues. You know, We have client managers in our accounting firm. And sometimes we'll switch them because people are moving up. We we don't lose a lot of employees, but they get you know we, we shuffle our clients around, and sure. clients some of them about lose their mind. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Are you guys going under? How come you switch me? Yep. Well, no, you. you, know, you're, you're just, you know.
2: Sure, yeah, it's no different than you know in the in the service industry, you technicians they're changing routes yep. and things things happen, um, good or ba- for for good or bad, but the handoff, the transition from, you know, account manager one to account manager two, that's, that's the most critical piece in all this, because if you see things just fall apart completely, you lose trust in the new person that you're working with. It's clear that the person that you're working with was a superstar and they were probably promoted. And now I'm working with this person who's brand new. Those are the things you've got to look out for. And, and this is, this is the phase before you, you decide I need to go because if you're not bringing that up, hey, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not happy with my new rep, nothing will likely change unless you speak up. So it's really important for you to be very open and honest with either that new person or escalating it to you know, their manager that this is not the same experience that I had with my first rep.
0: Well, it, and I just have to make this point because you said this early on. I want to make sure that people heard it, which is they have to understand the industry. For our listeners and really anyone it is around me, that was the genesis of Coalmarch. It absolutely was. You know, the reason years ago I got into digital was because I was growing Triangle super fast. Um, I mean, we were only using digital. And back in those days, it was, you know, there's a big transition happening from Yellow Pages, if you can believe that, to digital. And it was a fairly new platform. And we were going to town, but I got so frustrated because what would happen is that we go to an agency, I'd have to teach them our business. I'd have to teach them that we're a service business. I'd have to teach them how our clients, meaning our customers buy, you know, they don't, they buy differently. You know, when you think about pest control and you think about lawn care, those are two totally different sales. You know, a pest control sale is 100% emotion and speed. This this is something that's happening. It, it, it needs to happen like right now, and so it's a completely different strategy than lawn care. No one looks at a weed and and, and I mean shit hits the fan, right? No one like no one's gonna like make a phone call and be like, you got to be out here right now. So I would have to train that every time I made a move, every day. And I was like, man, I can't be the only person that's struggling with this. Which was the idea behind Comarch, right? Was to bring Comarch in and be like, okay, we're only gonna focus on these two engines. We're gonna we're gonna have so much in depth industry knowledge that the client doesn't have to do that. What they can talk about is strategy. They don't have to talk about this is how you know, they don't have to do all the education because that takes months. It takes like three or four months, especially if someone's not familiar with that industry. And by the way, I'm not advocating. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just only making the point that this was the whole idea behind, you know, years ago when, when I got involved in coal was because I was so tired of teaching people. This is how people buy, in our, because I understand our customer, right? I mean, I'm not that smart of a guy, and anyone spending time with me, you will know that. But if there's one thing I know, yes, Yeah, thank you, Dan. <laughs> thank you for confirming that, validating me. Uh, in the most Donnie, way.
2: I think you're great. Uh, great uh, client, great man. Thank you for paying your bill on time. You're doing great. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah,
1: it's, <laughs> but but, it's but a, you're right, Donnie. It's, it's a key it, point. It, it, yeah, no, you got to know. So, it's yeah. funny when we when we started in the accounting, I, I would get, geez, you work with other pest control companies. Is is are you going to share my information with them? Is, and I probably shouldn't be with you, but then you realize or or we've made it that you wanna have an expert in an industry with lots of clients who see lots of things. And it's That's really right. important. One hundred percent you know, from an agency perspective, you definitely need an industry and, specific. And here's Here's a little behind-the-scenes
2: secret: on when you're specialized in an industry, you can do things a lot, a lot more quickly than you could mm-hmm. if you're building from scratch every time. I've lived, I mean, I've worked that life where I have a, I have a home builder, I have a plumber, I have, you know, you name it, right. all these different industries, and you're building from scratch every time. Yeah. But yeah. now, if you've got a model that works for for one pest company, chances are it's going to apply. It's going to apply to others. And then the more of those pest and lawn companies that you have, you can see what works for certain, you know, in certain regions of the country, you know, this is a little bit of a sales pitch, but that's, that's definitely one of the benefits of finding a company that specializes in your industry, regardless of who it is.
0: Well, you spend a lot more time on strategy than on on education, right? And that's, that ultimately is just giving you more money. I mean, it's given, you know, it allows you to be a lot further down the road, than then if you were to start because some people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to use this other agency that has no experience in the industry. And I think that's a great idea because they're going to have new ideas. Well, yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you might get lucky, but I know where I put my money. So. All right. Another point here, Mr. Andalina. So that's they don't understand your industry. They don't have goals. They're not being proactive. Um, let's what what are some other things? then it's time to be like, mm, yeah, maybe it's time to move on.
2: Basic things. Um, if you have to keep following up on things, um, if you if you don't have a recurring meeting, you got, and that could be very much, you know, just on you as much as it is on on your marketing company. But make sure you have a recurring meeting. If you don't, you need to demand that at least monthly. Yeah. Um, that way, you're just making sure that you're keeping up, and definitely join that meeting so you so you're up to speed on what's going
0: on. That's right. That's right. And and that's something that draws me freaking crazy is <clears throat> having to follow up. Like, I don't mind telling someone, this is what I'm looking for. I don't like telling them three or four times. Right. What does that communicate? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's really and And to your point, I mean, um, Frank, I mean, if you're not putting any effort into the relationship, you're not putting any effort into, you know, making sure that, you know, these T's are getting, you know, crossed and I's are getting dotted, you know, that's obvious, that those kinds of things are going to happen. But, but ultimately, if you're putting all the inputs in and it's not circling back, then I would definitely be like, look, either you're going to get on the same page of my expectations of like when I tell you something, then you need to. Follow. But I use this in my own business for when it's time to can someone, meaning yeah. that if I put inputs in and you don't respond. Well, you're not manageable. And If yeah. you're not manageable, then what are you doing on my team? Because you're not helping, you know? Right. So. Yep. All right. Dan, any thoughts to that?
1: No, uh -uh. Um, I think um, you know. um, What are some of the things that you do before you make a move?
2: Yeah, when you when you finally decide I need to move on, it shouldn't be taken very lightly. Um, It's a big change, especially if you've been with a company for a a long time um, and you said you know for whatever reason it's it's time to move on. Um, You know, no different than. transitioning crms like things could be rocky but the the biggest thing that that i have seen and we have we have built-in processes in order to Mm -hmm. mitigate the issues of going from old website to new website but if the new company or the new marketing people that are are building your your new website don't know what they're doing they're there's a pretty significant chance that your SEO will completely tank.
0: I would say a very high chance that that's what's going to happen. I mean, you have to be but, super but here's, careful with that. Here's
1: the question, right? So let's say your agency is not doing a good job and you're having issues with them and you decide that, Hey, it's time to go. And you said something very important. If, the the new agency doesn't know what they're doing. I'm assuming that you go to an agency that does know what they're doing. Why would you, you
2: and know, that Dan, that is a great point. And I was thinking about this earlier this morning because during your process of finding a new agency, these are the questions that types of questions that you should be asking. What is your process for transitioning my website, my current website to your new website platform? They need to let you know that they have a process and You know, here's what we're doing in order to make sure that your SEO does not, that your SEO remains consistent throughout website phase of our, of the project and once it's launched, because I will tell you that we have, uh, we have monitoring set up for the very few clients who have left us over the years. And we can see, (laughs) we can see when the new marketing agency has not transitioned their website properly because all of their results fall off so we, so for we, all of our,
0: we, our listeners if you were wondering if Frank is a creeper that just got creeping. validated right there totally that's a little scary Yeah,
1: that's a little
0: scary so
1: okay so so why is that because they don't take the pages that have some sort of domain authority and you reuse them they just redo it why, why is that not? yeah
2: you know it could be a host of different reasons but the most common ones are content that was producing strong seo results on the old site or is not transitioned to the new site for whatever reason url redirects are not set up properly so sites That's that the big one. pages You're, that yeah. ranked well yeah yep. beforehand so you know kind of just uh, fundamental seo work that there's not a solid process in order for them to to fulfill on that during during their website project so you know in my younger years, I was burned by that a f- few times and we figured it out and got processes together in order to maintain that and, it, and it's it's a significant part of our website build is to ensure that we're we're capturing all the, the good things from the old website as we build new so we don't lose that value but like I said it doesn't always happen
0: yep yep the other thing I would say too is, as part of that process is don't whenever you're talking with um, or like you're trying to like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be making a move. I'm doing some interviewing. Um, make sure that you actually talk to someone who knows what they're talking about. And what I mean by that is that we do it. I mean, when I say we, I'm no longer, I'm no longer like at working at Colmarch, but you know, there are salespeople and then there are marketers, there are salespeople and then there are technical people, there are salespeople. And then so, so my point here is, is just make sure that the perspective that you're getting I mean, one of the funniest things I ever had happen, and I'm not going to mention the company, I'm not going to mention names, but I was talking with a sales guy one time and we were talking about uh, we were talking about moving my website. This was prequel March. I'm like, well, where's all this content and stuff's going to go? He's like, dude, I don't know. Wherever the shit goes on the internet, man. That's just what it is. Good <laughs> <Great> answer. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's <laughs> a good answer. Wherever shit yeah. goes on the internet. And I was like, huh, all righty. <laughs> So, you said the conversation sold? took a turn after that. Oh, I'll just okay. tell you that. That's right. It just so sits out there. It just, yeah. So, my point is, is that, you know, just make sure that the information you're getting is from someone who actually understands what's going on other than just the sale process. So, that, that's all. And I mean, and, and I know that's basic advice, but, you know, uh, oftentimes people think because someone, Works at a digital company. They're automatically smart, and that they automatically understand all the key components. And they may right, but I would just say make sure that for the incoming company, you get more than just one perspective about what's realistic and what your site's really going to do as part of the transition. That's all. Yep. No.
2: You know, and another thing with making that move is make sure that you have a solid understanding of what of how your analytics. Is configured, especially from a lead standpoint. How are you? How are you defining a lead with your analytics today? And how is that being tracked? Because what what I have seen over over the years is uh, one agency defines a lead one way, and then as the customer goes to a different agency, that lead definition has changed. There's different you know criteria. So, so give an
1: example of because this is one that you're you're absolutely right. Like. I find Google Analytics to be just so, you know, it, it'll
0: tell you whatever you want to hear. Oh, yeah. Whatever story
2: oh, you want to yeah. tell yourself. So, well, hang on. Right. This,
0: is, so, this goes back to what my statistics professor said in college. There are lies, there are damned lies, <laughs> and then there's statistics. <laughs> 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 day one, that's what he started the class with, and I was like, I'm gonna like this guy. But yes, you're 100% correct. you can. But, but going back to your question, Dan, and, and I'm yep. guessing that's to, to Frank here, so take it away.
2: Sure. And there are uh, there are <laughs> uh, there' software that can be used. Uh, there are uh, products that can be purchased in order for you to actually define a lead in your office and report that back to your analytics. But without that, you're essentially using the criteria that's available in Google analytics. So something that would be common would be um, first time callers, 60 seconds or greater, we consider that a, a lead, you know? Because that, that's something that anyone can no, set that up. That sounds fine, words, right. Yeah, right, yeah. So, and then here's my conversion rate based on that criteria you might go to your next agency and they just are tracking every call as a lead. There's no requirements. All of a sudden your, your numbers are sky high, but your sales are
0: where they were. So before. I have to, I have to play devil's advocate here just for a moment. I'm going to put my operator hat on yes, and I'm going to tell our listeners how I do this. I don't trust any data from marketing firms, period. Dot. I trust Donnie's data and I trust Donnie's discipline, meaning that I use our internal data, and, you know, we train our staff that, you know, you don't just, someone calls in and says, what's the price of this? And they say $85 or hundred dollars, whatever. I don't think we sell anything for $85, but you know what I'm saying? Like, and then they hang up the phone and we miss it. And we miss the lead. Does that happen? I can't say that it's never happened over the last year, but our, you know, we do a lot of calling. We do a lot of call auditing. Our staff is very disciplined in tagging leads. And so I do that just for this exact reason is because there's so many definitions of flying out of leads. What's the only definition that matters? Sales. My definition. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I was I gonna mean, say yeah. that 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 is the closest that's tied to your own sales.
0: Correct. That's right? one like there's yes.
2: there's no other, there's nothing in between.
0: That's correct. That's
2: the correct. goal is to is to mirror your analytics as closely to that as you possibly can, whether it's yep. using technology that's available or using you know, criteria to try to get your percentages lined up with what you're seeing in the office. Right. Um, you know, and there's different products out there that achieve different things, but, but that's it. You, you have to trust your own numbers. Mm-hmm. If your numbers that your marketing company are reporting are completely different. It's not because they're lying to you. It's not because they're making it up. It's, it's because of how it's, how it's configured. And you need to have a conversation about that. This is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. But you, I, I mean, I think if that phone rings and there's an inquiry, and I don't, you know, everybody wants to define it differently, but like Donnie, you said, uh, you know, how much for bees? Eighty five dollars. To me, that's a lead. You just didn't, one uh, hundred. You just didn't sell it right, or or no, no, no. And that's, that, that's as that as well.
0: And and by the way, just to be, to, let me expand on that. Just make sure you're, you're clear on what I mean. So if someone calls in and they say, "Hey, I want to," I want like, for example, let's just say it was bees and it was out of our service area that does get tagged as a lead. It just gets tagged as a lead that we can't service everything that comes in that we can potentially sell is a lead. And that's how we define it internally in our company. We say, look, if we can sell it, you know, if someone calls me up and says, hey, how much is it for a batch of lumber? Okay, well that's not a lead, right? I mean, like you know, ultimately, so so that's our own, like we have our own, right? Reasons. But if somebody says
1: I have bees in Oklahoma, you're not in Oklahoma. That's a lead. That's right? a or
0: lead, is? and it's that's a TPC. It's a TPC no service because what that tells me, and the reason I need to log that, is is my marketing bringing me leads that I physically get that I can sell, right? I can bring you a ton of leads right now, and I'm not going to use this. Frank knows the example I'm going to use, and it's a little vulgar, so I'm not going to use it on the podcast, but I could do something like, you know, something that's super, super popular and bring a ton of traffic to your website and bring a ton of calls, but it may not be anything that you can service. And so that's why, like internally, our lead is if we, if it's a service that we provide, period, dot, and someone calls and you know, inquires about it, of something that we could potentially sell, that is a lead. Make sense?
1: Yeah. What, what do you do with those leads that you can't, that are
0: outside your service area? So leads Where, that are outside our service area does not get counted in our conversion rate, but they okay. do get counted in the overall, because now I can go back to a marketing company and say, look, yes, yes, you met your lead goal. Unfortunately, 20% of your leads, I can't service. So you need to tighten it up, right? It's good yeah. feedback that I can give to the marketing company.
2: Yeah. It could so, signal uh, that something's not set up properly. You know, yep. you could be running ads outside your service area it's good feedback to give to your marketing company if you're, if you're seeing that, because then there's, there's likely there's something wrong or there's an explanation right. for that. And that goes back to the whole communication thing. Communicating back what's going on. It does. If something yep. doesn't seem yeah. right, you know, you know That's interesting.
0: I, I, yeah. Yeah. Good leadership is what it is. Right. I mean, it's just sitting down and being like, and again, these are all making assumptions that you're pretty squared away in the office. You're pretty standardized in the office. You're pretty disciplined in the office and you have systems in place that validate all of those things, you know, and no one's perfect at this. And and certainly if someone's listening to this and they think I'm perfect, I am. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm right. Believe me, hey. nobody listening thinks nobody's
1: perfect,
0: but, uh, <laughs> gonna believe that. Not even close. No, no. Right? But, but the point here, I just
1: is, had to you know. set you straight oh, there. So. Yes, I do. do yeah. I do,
0: client. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. yeah. So, point is, it's your exactly.
1: divorcees. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: So, you have to have your office pretty tight and you need to have systems in place that you can have that kind of discipline in place because ultimately, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get to a place where you take feelings out. And you put data in, you know, data is what is the truth. And ultimately that's what you're trying to get to. And, and one of the most disappointing things to watch, I mean, we, we, we're having fun this episode and we're getting ready to wrap up, you know, it's when to fire your marketing company. Really what we're saying is, is make sure you use data and not feelings to make decisions concerning marketing, because the fact of the matter is, is it's very easy to get caught up in the emotional side of things, good and bad. You know, everyone looks great on the first date, right? Um, Or you know, you've been with them five years and they're like, yeah, they suck. And but the reality of is, when you look into data, they're actually pretty solid. It's making sure that you're in a place where you're actually using data to drive your decisions, not you know, poor leadership, not well, they are great because this person they're so confident. Yeah, I mean, it's just making sure that data is what's driving you, not emotion. So,
2: and you know. Everything we've said, in my opinion, is valid. But sometimes you just have to go with your gut. Are your phones ringing?
0: Yeah, one hundred percent.
2: But just a, just the simple things that you can pick up on. Were they yeah. ringing before, and now they're not anymore? Like, you know, before you're ready to make that move, you obviously want to bring these these concerns up. But sometimes you just gotta trust your instinct and, and make the move.
0: Well, I will tell you, Frank, I am shocked. You you've had several points to just have so much fun with me. And I was nervous at the beginning of the podcast, but you—you you have been very reserved. So, Dan, anything you want to add, take away, expand on, pontificate about before we finish out here with Mr. Frank?
1: No, I think that this has been terrific, uh, Frank. Thank you so much for coming on, and um, hopefully, uh, I was able to uh, get in between you because I know that uh, you know no, there's no. There's no risk.
0: Nothing but love, man. Nothing but love.
1: Well, yeah.
2: thank you guys for uh, inviting me back to the podcast. Um, I, I, I did wonder if there was a, a problem with you know finding guests that I had to come back so quickly, but I don't
1: know. He got it. Oh gosh, love <laughs> figure it, love it, 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 it out. Yep, nobody wants to come on. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I love it. I love it. Well, folks, you managed to do it again. You wasted 40 minutes with Dan and I, although you did not waste it because Frank was on, and I think we had a really good discussion about when to fire your marketing company, but more importantly, how to manage the relationship and how to get the right. most out of that's, that. I think that's really the most important part. Just a reminder that all the resources and topics we talked about today are available on the podcast website, pnpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes. We will put a picture of Frank up there as well because he is very pretty to look at. And as always, if you did enjoy this episode or all of, or any of our episodes, please, please, please give us a like on YouTube or Spotify, Apple, however it is that you listen to us. And with that, we're going to shut it down. We'll see you all next time. Take care. See ya. Bye-bye now.